Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another chapter episode. Um, last chapter, they basically flew the rest of the way to possibility, and they realized someone was following them. Well, not following them, but someone was behind them, but they didn't really worry about it. And basically, they swam into possibility, and it was basically just a bunch of scenery, I feel like, which was nice. We got to see what po- the actual town of possibil- possibility was like. And then Turtle thought he saw Kibli, so they got out of the water and went to go see what it was and one of the little cactus bombs that were in book six touched peril and exploded and that's where the chapter ended so let's get started chapter eight wings of fire escaping peril peril came to came to because her body decided not to drown she surged out up out of the water where the explosion had thrown her coughing and spluttering into a cloud of thick black smoke that was not particularly fun to breathe either. Her eyes were stinging and everything was blurry and muffled, but she could see there were dragons yelling and screaming all along the bank and more flapping in from the rooftops. At least three dragons were rolling in the river with scorch marks on their scales. Small flyers flickered in the smoke all across the courtyard. She wasn't burned, her scales couldn't burn, but there were incredibly sharp blossoms of pain spiking up, spiking all up and down her body. What was this? Why did it hurt so much? Who, who could she set on fire to make it stop? She roared in agony as loud as she could, but it made barely a scratch in the jangling chaos all around. A dragon suddenly came galloping in the river beside her and she jumped back, hissing at him before she recognized Turtle. You, he said, shaking his head, or without question, the least stealthy dragon in all of Pyria. That wasn't my fault, she snarled, withering in pain. Nothing had ever managed to hurt her like this. There were tiny teeth under her scales. Everything hurts, and I hate the world. Let's find a safer place to be before someone sees you and connects the dots, Turtle said. She realized the trickles of blood were running down his shoulder and along his tail. He waded into the water until covered everything but his head and began swimming upstream, back toward the full moon festival bridge. It was an agony to move, but she did, flailing after him and hoping the smoke would hide her shining copper scales. Turtle finally coasted to a stop in clearer air, on the muddy bank of one of the small islands, not far from where the visible music was still going on. He pulled himself half onto shore, wincing, and Peril crawled up into the mud as far away from him as she could. The reeds and shrubs below her curled into dark, scorched messes, but she was in too much pain to worry about it. She wondered if this was what being on fire felt like to other dragons. Why? she growled. What is happening? It was a dragon flame cactus, Turtle said. He twisted and started to pry at something stuck under his left wing in a small pool of blood, like the one that exploded in the history cave at school. I have no idea why anyone will want to buy one now that the war is over. They didn't want to just to buy just one, Pear remembered. They wanted to buy, like, 30. Whatever this reason was, she thought perhaps burning out their eyeballs would make her feel better. Turtle extracted the object from his scales and held it up for her to see. It's like a little ball of thorns, he said. The dragon flame cactus seed pod. You have, a, about, you have about a hundred of them stuck all over you, since it exploded right at your feet. But I don't know what to do. I can't pull them out of your scales without getting burned, but we can't leave them. Oh. 
What? Peril demanded. He was starting to feel a little. She was starting to feel a little better now. Maybe that now that she was out of the water. They're burning up. Turtle explained. Your scales are burning the seed pods away. Peril held out one of her front legs and saw a ball of thorns embedded between her claws, right before it caught fire and shriveled into black ash. That's right, she said. Die, you little monster plants. May your roots always be thirsty and your seeds always all meet fiery death until you're extinct forever. I hate you. Youch, Turtle said. You don't ever have mild feelings, do you? Peril wasn't sure what a mild feeling would feel like. She turned a blink down river at the pillar of black smoke rising from the distant courtyard. Was, uh, did you see if the explosion, you know, uh, peril trailed off? I don't think anyone was killed, Turtle said. It looked like your body blocked the worst of the fire and caught most of the seed pods. I saw other dragons injured, but nobody like, nobody like Carnelian, Peril finished. She did not hide the relief in her voice, although Clay would forgive would forgive her for an accident, surely, even if someone had died. It wouldn't really be her fault, except in the sense that everything was her fault because she was a, wa- a walking menace to the entire universe. Anyway, Peril said with in- said indignantly, what kind of idiots puts a bunch of flammable cacti all over the streets? Anyone could have set one of those off by accident. Not a sea wing, Turtle said thoughtfully, or an ice wing. Oh, hey, now we know one more thing that can't kill you. They shouldn't be allowed to sell things like that just to just anyone Peril went on ignoring him she twitched her tail around to check for more for any more thorns but they all seemed to be gone they all seemed to be gone what would they sell a sword to any dragon who came along uh turtle said yes his smile fell off his face as he winced again another ball of thorns was dripping blood down his tail but he couldn't twist far enough to reach it I could set it on fire, Peril offered, spreading her claws, but it might burn you a little bit. I don't know if that would be worse. Turtle thought for a moment, then shuffled a step toward her. Yes, do it. If I jump straight into the river after, I'll be fine. Peril hadn't actually expected him to say yes. Nobody ever let her help with anything. Even Clay usually got sort of flappy and nervous whenever she offered. She folded her wings back and reached forward tentatively with one claw. Turtle closed his eyes, frozen in place. Peril's claws lightly brushed the thorny seed pod, and it burst into flames. Immediately, she saw a dark, a dark scorched patch start to spread where the thorns touched Turtle's scales, but she only caught a glimpse of it before Turtle dove into the water and swam to the bottom. She placed along the blank, trying to squint at him through the shifting reflections. He was, he was huddled. He was a huddled green lump at the bottom of the river for way too long. It made her own lungs ache to wait for him, but he was clearly fine, definitely moving, fiddling with something that flashed white-gray. Weird. Finally, he surfaced, spraying water out of his nose and looking extremely pleased with himself. Peril's eyes went straight to the spot where she'd burned him, but there was no scorch mark there anymore. His scales looked whole and unblemished all over, as if neither fire nor thorns had ever wounded him. She couldn't ever figure out where the sea sea pods had been. How did you do that? she demanded. Water doesn't heal seemings that quickly. It wasn't that bad, Turtle said with a shrug. I'm fine, don't worry. I'm not worried. I'm deeply suspicious, Peril clarified. That's not normal scale behavior right there. Turtle? They both jumped at the voice that came from the sky. Peril realized she'd been watching Turtle so closely she hadn't kept an eye out for approaching danger. 
or anyone who might realize she had set off the cactus. Genius, Peril. If there is an animus nightwing stalking you, you're making it pretty easy for him. The dragon above them was a sailing, and Turtle gave a cry of delight when he saw him. Kibli! Turtle leaped into the air and nearly bowled him out of the sky. They swooped around each other for a moment, doing cheerful flips in the air and thumping one another's wings, which appeared to be some kind of code for, happy to see you. A moment later, a small nightwing came soaring over from the direction of the explosion, and Turtle made more dopey, delighted noises at her. I guess we found his friends. Peril flicked her tail and accidentally splashed water in her face. Probably thanks to me, by the way. I bet they came to check out the fire. I wonder if Turtle will realize that. She stood up and paced in a circle in the mud. All the places she'd been stabbed with thorns still hurt, but at least the seed pods were gone. Maybe she should fly away before Turtle came down with his judgmental friends. Maybe she didn't need anyone else to look for Scarlet anyhow. But it was too late. Green and black and yellow wings were descending toward the island, along with three dragon along with three dragons' faces that ranged from friendly through wary and straight onto hostile. Which is just fine, Peril thought, meeting Kelly's eyes with all the fire she could put in hers. I'm prepared to dislike you too. Who cares what you think? Are you the most dangerous dragon of Peria? No, I didn't think so. Peril, this is Moon and Kibli, tur- said Turtle, beaming all over his stupid round face, as if this should be the most delightful thing that had ever happened to any of them. She couldn't remember noticing either of these dragons before. They looked completely ordinary, not like anyone worth crossing the entire continent to find. Not like dragons who were so much more awesome to be friends with than her. The Nightwing had a glittering silver scale at the corner of her eye, like teardrops, and little furrows in her forehead, as though she had per- perpetually headache. Now that everyone knew Nightwings didn't have powers after all, Peril was sure that Moon would be an easy opponent to take down in the arena. Hypothet- hypothetically, if there were still, if there still had been an arena, of course. The Stairwing didn't look much like a threat either, apart from the venomous tail. Peril had had been in plenty of fights where her first move was grabbing a Stairwing's tail to burn off the bar by the end, as long as Scarlet didn't need to drag her out of the fight. Most Stairwings only took a few minutes to defeat. No doubt this one was pretty dim, or correspondingly slow. You're wrong about that, Moon said. Peril shifted her gaze to the Black Dragon, who was studying Peril intently. What? Peril asked. Kibli is one of the smartest dragons in Peria, Moon answered. I bet he's already figured out five different ways to defeat you right here if he needed to. Kibli cocked his head and gave Moon a delighted sideways smile. Only three so far, he said, but thanks. Peril blinked at Moon, feeling like a little dragonfly cacti were going off inside her head. Did you, but... Yes, Moon said. I'm a mind reader, so you should probably start thinking about how exactly you would kill us if you needed to. Was she really? Turtle said, sounding perfectly astonished, as if this wasn't the first thing most dragons thought about when they met dragons outside their own tribes. Wasn't it? Peril whipped her head around to glare at Turtle. You brought me to a mind reader, she said, and you didn't think that it might be worth mentioning sometime before now? Was this a test? Maybe this was his plan all along. Maybe he never trusted me, like Scarlet never trusted me, and he wanted to see what Moon would find in my head. Turtle shrugged. It's Moon's secret. It's up to her who she tells. I'm not entirely sure why Scarlet's dancing monkey of fiery doom gets to be on that list, frankly, said Kidley. And remind me, you're Thorn's dancing monkey of what exactly? Peril demanded. At least I was useful to my queen. 
I told her, Moon interjected, opening one wing pointedly bef between them before Quibli could lunge at Peril, because it's the right thing to do, and because there's no way to give her any skyfire, and also because I'm hoping that if she knows I'm listening, she'll have to have a little less disturbing thoughts. That sounded complicated, Peril wrinkled her snout. How am I supposed to change my thoughts? Maybe they just appear in my head. I've never had to worry about them disturbing anyone before. Maybe you should stop listening instead, Peril said. Moon shook her head. It doesn't work that way, but don't worry about it too much. Your thoughts are actually really hard to hear. Most all I get from your brain, from your mind is heat and flames and... She broke off, twitching her wings back awkwardly for a moment. Awkwardly for a moment. Anyway, it's not as clear as most minds. You're mostly safe from me. Tremendously comforting, Peril said. She tried to fill up her head with more fire, hoping to burn out anything she didn't want Moon to see. Although, really, that was either everything or nothing. Whatever Moon already thought of her, from whatever scraps of thought she heard, none of the rest would make any difference. Either she could stand all of, either she could stand all apparel just the way she was, or she'd hate her for a small piece of her as much as, as for all the rest of it. Now she was giving herself a headache. Is King Kaju all right? Turtle asked. Where is she? And your hostile ice dragon? Peril added. Winter's gone back to the ice kingdom, Moon said. She glanced at Kibli. Kibli thinks he's coming back, but I'm not so sure. King Kaju is... Well, she's recovering, we think, but she still hasn't woken up. She blinked several times rapidly. She would be so excited to see you here, she said to Turtle with a sad smile. We were attacked by a dragon who's working with Scarlet, Kibli said. He squinted at Peril and then turned to Moon. What do you think? What did she think about that? Can you tell if she's working for Scarlet too? No, I don't think she is, said Moon. But now she's gone back to fantasizing about ways to kill you. Because that was rude, Peril flared, poking around inside my brain to find the answer to that question. I've already answered over and over. You can go stuff a mountain goat up your nose, Sandwing. Horns first. I'm looking for Scarlet to stop her, not help her. Why are there so many stupid dragons who can't see that? Well, Kibley said, you did help her escape from Burn's stronghold not that long ago. That, Peril spotted, that was just... That, but Burn was the bad guy then. I couldn't leave my queen trapped in that place. Nobody would. Your queen, Kibli challenged. Isn't Ruby your queen now? Pearl drew, drew herself up, glaring at him, knowing that Moon must be hearing all her fears about Ruby scattering about inside her head. I don't have to explain myself to you, Sand Snorter. We're, we are only here to find out what you know about where Scarlet is. She turned her fierce gaze on Moon, and the Nightwing flinched. Then I'll take my disturbing thoughts right out of your life forever. Is that pl is is the plan? It's true. We have to find her. Turtle explained. She attacked Jade Academy. Moon blinked, and Kibley's tail arched reflectively. His talons digging in the mud. She did not. Peril said, rolling her eyes at him. She flew by, threw a decapitated head at us, and flew away again. That wasn't an attack. That was more like a declaration of war. If she ever decides to really attack you, you'll know. A decapitated head. Moon echoed with alarm. Sunny and Scarlet was there making threats, but she didn't mention a head. S Sunny said Scarlet was there making threats, but she didn't mention a head. Was it our fault? Kibley asked immediately. She must be furious about us escaping with Hailstorm. What if he enraged her into coming out of hiding? 
That seems extremely likely, Pearl said. I just imagine meeting you would enrage Queen Scarlet to the point of wanting to kill several head several dragons. Haha, <laughs> Turtle said, as though Pearl were kidding, which she clearly was not. So where did you encounter Scarlet? Turtle asked. In a part of the mountains not far from here, Moon said, but I'm sure she wouldn't still be there. I don't see how we can help you. The only way we found her before was because she was using the dream visitor and left clues. Carol hated that dream visitor. Scarlet showed up in her dreams all the time. And half the time, Carol wasn't even sure if, it, if she was real. Whether she was or not, there was always yelling and guilt and ominous remarks about Clay's future. I knew they wouldn't be helpful, she said to Turtle. Well, Turtle said uncertainly, maybe if you show us on a map where she was, we can at least start searching from there. Kibli looked up in the sky where the sun was meandering through toward the midpoint. Sure, but right now we should get back to the clinic. The dragons from Gloria are supposed to show are supposed to arrive soon. Peril wondered if he was changing the subject because she he didn't trust her. Consider the feeling mutual mutual sandwing, she thought, eyeing him narrowly. The clinic? Where King Kazoo is? Turtle's face brightened, hopefully, but then fell as he turned toward Peril. But Peril can't go back in the city. She spread her gold veined wings to indicate, remember? Deadly fire skills over here? But she accidentally hit a branch overhead, which burst into flames. Kibli promptly smacked his tail in the river, sending up a wave that cascaded over the branch and Peril, soaking her and putting the fire out. Peril regarded him coldly, water dripping from her snout. Don't feel bad, Moon said to Turtle. King Gaju wouldn't know you were there anyway. Turtle's wings drooped, and Peril had a sudden, very strong feeling that there was a right thing to say here. It was written in the slump of his shoulder, and the way he poked one claw gloomily at the mud puddle beside him. Something reassuring about King Aju? No, something else. Something she didn't want to say, but she saw that she kind of had to, and the others were even were even leaving an odd moment of quiet in the conversation, waiting for her to say it. You should go, she said, forcing it out past the ground in her throat. I'll just wait for you, out here somewhere. Really? Turtle said with an enormous smile. You don't mind? We'll be back soon. I bet, after you've all talked in secret about me, whatever you're going to do next and whether you fly off without me. Sure, Peril said, then wonder if that sounded sarcastically and tried again. Sure. Okay, that sounded way worse. I mean, yes. Fine. I want to go hunt in the desert anyway. There's a big sandstone arch west of the city, set up high, so you can practically see, so you can see practically the whole kingdom of sand. Moon said, "That's where Kibli and I have been going to wait for winter, whether we're, whenever we're not with King Gaju, or in the library. Let's meet back there. Winter still has two more days." Kibli added quietly. We told him we'd wait a week. He's not coming, Moon said. I've seen inside his mind, Kibli. He's so loyal to his family and his tribe. I don't think I don't think anything will change that. Kibli made a face that Peril couldn't figure out. Moon, sometimes you're so busy listening to what dragons are thinking, you miss the things you're they're actually doing. Which you can tell me which can tell you a lot more what they're about what they're really like. That makes no sense, she said. Should I bring Kikaju something? Turtle said, hopping from one foot to the other in a very unturtle like way. Peril had never seen him expend even an iota more energy than necessary for what he was doing. Flowers? A fish? No, she doesn't like fish. Um, kumquats? He likes Moon and Kibli, Peril guessed, but he's really here for Kikaju. 
Why did he even want to travel with me in the first place? He could have come here without me. Do you think I'd be useful protection along the way? He didn't need to pretend to be friends with me. Boring green puddle dragon. <laughs> Peril caught Moon's eyes on her and didn't like whatever mysterious emotion was going on in, the, in them. Sympathy? Pity? Bewilderment? Whatever she was getting from Peril's brain, Kibley was right. It didn't mean Moon knew anything about her. Really. Peril sat down and started examining her claws as she found all these dragons exceedingly boring. This was another trick she learned from watching Scarlet, although she had a feeling she wasn't conveying quite the right amount of disdain in the tilt of her wings. You don't need anything, Kibley said to Turtle. Just having you there would be enough for her. Maybe she'll be able to hear your voice. See you soon, Peril, Turtle said enthusiastically. Yeah, maybe. Peril said to empty air, drowned out by the flapping of their wings as all three of them took off and headed into the city. She waited a minute to be sure they wouldn't turn around, and then she lifted her head to watch the glowing green shape of her supposed friend flying away from her.